Welcome to Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. This is episode 110. With me this month, we have uh, Jonathan Metz. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, uh, always good to have you back on the show, because uh, I, I know it's going to be a relatively pain-free editing session when you're at the helm. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so I don't know. It's it's been a while. I, I mean, I apologize to to my listeners. Uh, as I've mentioned, uh, you know, just life is caught up with me lately. Um, and even though the wedding stuff is pretty much done, I uh, you know I'm still doing the the master's program at school. So unfortunately, that eats up a lot of my time. So you know, I I know uh, I used to be every other week or so, and it, it just it sort of slipped. And I apologize to you guys. Hopefully, you are checking out our other Nintendo World Report podcasts, you know, in the interim. But, uh, you know, I, I'm committed to the podcast, and uh, I get these out when I can. Yeah, I, I, I've started to think of Radio Trivia as being kind of like Famicast. It's always like, there's there's long enough in between them that when you see one pop up, it's always like a, a wonderful surprise. You're like, oh, cool. I wasn't <laughs> expecting it, you know, even though yeah. you can expect it on a, you know, fairly consistent basis even now. Sure. I mean, with that uh, apology out of the way, uh, <laughs> we have a really good lineup here. You know, it's always amazing to me uh, that I can, we can cobble together great lineups. When I, I every time I start working on one of these episodes, like, man, we've used everything. I have no idea what we're going to use, but you know, listener requests and requests from other co-hosts that you know we just didn't use, and some stuff I write down. I mean, it it all comes together, and uh, you know, this this episode is going to be no exception. I, I'm really looking forward to this. Also, there are a lot of video games. There are a lot of video games, and there are always more coming out, so that helps too. <laughs> and I, I only know one of these because uh, it's the one I picked. So other than that, I'm in the dark. All right, let's get started.
Everybody get your booty on the floor. Yes, indeed. I love it. It's an 8-bit dance song. It's good. It's very good.
Awesome. Awesome way to start the show, man. Well, we try to we try hard. Yeah. Why don't you do the honors of uh, asking the question here? I'd be happy to. Uh, the hint question for this game. What are the names of your six crew members in this game? Six crew members. That was VVVVVV, an awesome 2D platformer that you can buy on many different platforms, including PC, Mac, Linux, Nintendo 3DS, and it looks kind of like a, I think an Intellivision or a Commodore 64 game, but it sounds way better, and it's you're flipping gravity back and forth, and it's insanely difficult and really, yes. really fun and fast-paced. 
Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm as big a fan of this game as Johnny, but I still really enjoyed my time with it. it it's I don't normally like brutally hard platformers like this, but there, there's something in the simplicity of this game that's very charming. And, uh, you know, you'll, you'll fail over and over and over and over and over again. I, I guess it's kind of like Super Meat Boy in that way, but, you, you know, you're never punished for really failing, and, and you start back just so quickly that it's just like, bam, 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 and, and eventually you'll get it. And it's not just about load times, but there, there are checkpoints. Oftentimes there's two or three checkpoints on a given screen. So when you die, you often you're, you're respawned less than a second before the place where you died. So you can, I mean, you can you can try 20 times before you even have a second thought about, am I, am I do I want to take a break from this? Do I want to go a different direction, you know? Right. So it's just so compulsive. It's very difficult to stop playing because the game really has no pauses. It has no breaks in the in the pacing. Yeah, the closest things to a break are like when you clear an area and you're trying to find the next area. I mean, that's, and, and that's sort of like a, a little bit like metroid in that in that way, you know. You, you, it starts off pretty straightforward, eventually get into this open area where you kind of have to find the next path forward. And I'm not... It, it, is it linear, or can you go in any order you want you for some of those? You can go in almost any order that you want. And uh, it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and, and even though it's very simple, it, it makes very clever use of all the things it has in its arsenal. Oh, yeah. including like the checkpoint system you're talking about there are there's at least one puzzle that I can think of for getting one of the what do they call them shiny baubles or something uh, the tokens yeah whatever they are that that actually forces you to avoid touching any of the checkpoints oh really <laughs> yeah there, there's one where you know you go you say how do I get that how do I get that and then you go forward through you know kind of a maze and it's pretty difficult and then you realize oh my god I have to like hit this switch and then traverse back where I came from through this treacherous area without hitting any of the checkpoints. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's very clever with how, it, how it's constructed and uh, a very impressive game. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks 30 years old even though it's actually only about 2 years old. And I, I think if this game had actually come out on the NES which is, you know, it looks like it could have actually looked older than an NES game but if it had actually come out back then and I played it when I was a kid, it might be like my favorite game of all time. If I, if I if I if it had captured my imagination when I was that you know impressionable back then, um, and and when it would have fit it would have fit much better into the whole paradigm of other 2D platformers that were being made back then. Uh, now it really sticks out and it looks like this weird kind of relic or, or strange retro tribute. But you know, 20 25 years ago, this would have been a very typical looking game, but it also would have been one of the best of of that genre back then. Yeah. But of course, it was modern, and, and so there's a lot of years of experience that they can learn from in terms of level design, you know. So, I mean, I, that's not to say it's still an awesome game. I, mean, yeah. but I, I don't think this kind of game could have been made 25 years ago because I, I think it's it's just it, the designers bring so much insight from other games that have come out since then. Exactly. And the soundtrack, although... I think technologically the soundtrack could have been made back in the early 80s. I don't think it would have been because I think the, the style of it is so influenced by the last 30 years of music, uh, especially dance music, electronic music, that you, you would have never gotten that, that style. I think the soundtrack is just incredible. 
I mean, I, I could not stop smiling the entire time I played the game, even when the game itself was really infuriating. <laughs> the music is, the, and that's the other thing, the music never stops. So you die and the music just keeps on going. So it really gives this kind of, this thread of continuity in whatever you do. And it's so good. Oh man, love it. Love this stuff. If you like the soundtrack, you can buy it online. It, it's choose your own price, but I think the cheapest you can get it for is, is 10 bucks. Which is more expensive than the game. Which is more expensive than the game, even <laughs> when it's not at a discount. Um, but you'll you'll be amused to find out that the name of the soundtrack is PPPPPP. And you say, well, why is it PPPPPP? Well, all the songs on the soundtrack start with the letter P. Oh, really? So, Pressure Cooker, <laughs> Potential for Anything, Positive Force. Those are the three songs you listen to. <laughs> and, of course, there's a... There's a song named pause as well obviously so (laughs) that's pretty clever (laughs) and the the name of the game vvvvvv comes from a couple of things uh for one thing it looks um it looks like they're all pointing down which might be a clue as to the gravity mechanic of the game it also looks a lot like the spikes that you will encounter very frequently from the on the ceiling and because you can flip gravity spikes on the ceiling are just as bad as spikes on the floor if not worse and, uh, and it also refers to the six characters, the named characters in the game, which are, to answer the hint question, Captain Viridian, Dr. Violet, Officer Vermilion, Professor Vitillary, Dr. Victoria, and Chief Vertigris. Not Chef. Sh- oh, it's Chief. I wrote it down <laughs> wrong. It's Chief. All right. Chief Vertigris, not Chef. <laughs> Maybe they're in the sequel, they'll have a Chef. <laughs> you know, it's a Chef. you got to have a Chef, man. Come on. The thing is, the 3DS version of this is a little more expensive, um, at least on the, the standard price, a little more expensive than the PC, Mac, Linux version, but it has a lot more content in it. Um, a lot of stuff that, that people submitted through the uh, level editor, including a lot of famous game designers. And, you know, I, I think it's easy to be overwhelmed because you finish the main game and suddenly you get this menu of like 30 or 40 oh, yeah. levels to pick from. And some of them are almost as long as the main game. They're really, some of them are really large. And it's hard to figure out, where do I start? And, you know, if I play one, I don't like it. Where do I move on from there? But uh, some of them are really good, and, and, and a lot of them are made by fairly famous game designers who just happen to love VVVVVV as much as I do. But it's yeah. definitely worth an extra couple of bucks for the 3DS version, plus it's portable. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's the great thing. I mean, now that you... Not that you're necessarily going to play this only on the road, because it requires a lot of concentration and timing is so brutal that like I could not see playing this like on an airplane. No way. I, I just, <laughs> I, at least, I mean, yes, it's not touchscreen based, which is like the worst for you know, any sort of moving vehicle. But I, I don't know. I mean, there, you, first you got to figure out how to execute on it, and then once you know how to execute on it, you got to pull it off. And it's so brutal with the timing, and especially there are a few rooms I can think of offhand that they're just. I remember dying about 80 times before I actually did. I'm like, well, what did I do different this time? But, oh, yeah. uh, you know, and, that, and that's one reason why I'm maybe not as big on this as some people, but it, it's still an awesome game. Yeah, it is really great. All right. We should stop repeating ourselves and go on to the next game. It's so great. Awesome game. Ah, it's so good. It's beautiful. Gaming excellence.
It's a very fuzzy bass line. <laughs> Cut the game some slack, man. It's just a, it's an interesting instrument. That and the little uh, the little whistle melody. Interesting combo. struggling a little but i i have one idea based on that manic bass line <laughs> okay or beat or really just the, the manic beat i should say all right uh so what must you collect seven of in each level to reach the special stage hmm
Very interesting little piano bit on there, that little riff. Oh, man. Well, do you have any idea on what game this could be, Johnny? You know, it. I might be way off here, but it, it sounds like a certain flair, a certain strain of Super Nintendo game, um, which, you know, the Super Nintendo has this very wide palette of, of what the games can sound like based on the skill and the preferences of the composers, but... Um, I'm going to, this is really a shot in the dark. I'm going to go with, let's say, Super Bomberman. Hmm. Well, you're, you're pretty no. far off. Yeah. <laughs> this is a Game Boy Advance game. Okay. Well, yeah. And it's uh, Sonic Advance 2. Okay. So it's a, it's a game that I know we've used on the live show before, and I guess we've never used it on this show for the podcast because I keep bumping it off. <laughs> In favor of other uh, selections, but I, I finally said, "Damn it, I'm going to use it." Well, I know you're a big fan of the Sonic Advance series on GBA. Is, was was this your favorite, or did you prefer the third one? You know, I'm not sure which one's my favorite. They're they're, they're kind of all kind of different entities. The, the first one's kind of more conservative, and, and it's maybe a little closer to something you might have seen on the Genesis game in terms of uh, level design and gameplay. Um, but it, it's still very well put together. Uh, the second one, I think, has very interesting levels. It, it it really has a lot of branching paths, and it's completely original, right? Oh yeah, all three advanced games are, are completely original products, and and they're developed by Dimps, which uh, does a pretty good job with with the the Sonic games. At least uh, they used to. I don't. I guess they were involved in Sonic. Were they involved in Sonic Colors? I'm not sure. But. I believe they made Sonic Colors on the Wii, and they also did the Sonic parts of the the one before that. Oh, the the one with the werehog. They didn't so the do good the werehog parts. parts. They did the other one. They <laughs> okay, did the good so, parts. So, so they're still you know hard at work on Sonic games, which is a good thing because I, I think uh, Dims knows how to make a, a Sonic game that doesn't stray too far from what a Sonic game should be. And, and so Sonic Two, um, eh, I don't know. I mean, it's Sonic, and you can play as Sonic or Tails or Knuckles or I think they introduced Cream in this game, if, if I remember correctly, which is you know or A. Can, no, I know you can play an a, as Amy in one of them. You can. That might be the first one. I, 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 honestly, I, I'm confusing my games a little bit. That might be true in this game. But um, the the weird thing about this game is that the special stage, how you access it, is actually pretty cruel. Um, the idea is that you have to collect seven, um, I guess they call special rings, a very unoriginal title. But you have to select seven of these little emblem-type things that are scattered in the level. Which is fine in and of itself, except the the way the levels are designed, it's it's really hard to go backwards, and it's very much branching level design. So it's kind of like you gotta, you almost have to map out the entire level, go through it a lot of times, and then figure out exactly what path you have to navigate through this kind of maze just to collect them all. So you have to get them all in one run. You have to all get them all in one run. Oh, that's the problem. If you if they were accumulative, then right. That they would that would be issue. a great incentive to go back and try all the different pathways. Right, but they didn't. It, it's it's one is well, you, you gotta you know show your your playing skills to navigate through this thing exactly how you want. And these things are hard to access. So you know in many cases, especially in the later levels. So I don't think I ever got to see more than one or two of the special levels because I I played the shit out of the game and I still just couldn't. I had a lot of trouble pulling it off. So, um, I mean, it's a fun game. That's kind of broken, so you probably, you know, unless you're super, super, super hardcore, you're not going to see the end of the game, the true ending. Um, You know, you're not going to collect all the KS Emeralds, but it's still a very fun game. I I think 
three is the most interesting because it, it it veers the most from kind of the normal Sonic template. It, it has some bizarro stuff where um, you build a team, you know, you choose the primary character and kind of your, your backup character that, you know, if you think back to, you know, Sonic 2 would be Tails. Yeah. And, and you, you know, you start with that setup and you can, you know, do that setup, but... Um, you can have Tails in the lead and Sonic trailing him, or you can have Knuckles in the lead, and and depending on the different formations, it, it affects how the game plays in terms of you know how far you can jump, you know, or how high you can jump, whether you can fly or not, and, um, and and to some degree, it's optional which way you want to play the game. I think you do have to tinker around some just to get through the game, but uh, a good portion of it, you have a say in how you want to play it. So it, it again, it, it makes it a little more freeform, and it, it's something that. I didn't really see it pulled off anywhere else in the Sonic series. Um, I mean, you can think of the horror that is Sonic Heroes to some extent, I guess. But I, I was already thinking of it. Yeah, yeah. except it's, this is a much better implementation of that idea. Oh, that's good. This may have been a contemporary of Sonic Heroes, so they may have been riffing on each other there. But, uh, I mean, this one, it isn't like, okay, now you got to switch to do, you know, the power formation just to, you know, punch this wall down and then switch back now it, it's it's kind of you build a team that you go into for that level and their pros and cons to whatever formation you choose cool and, and, and that's just the way it is strategy yeah yeah so it, if you see that on the store shelves i have no idea how easy or hard it is to find these games but um i'd say three is the most interesting maybe not the best but it's the most interesting well, if, if Nintendo ever breaks down and, and actually starts selling GBA games on the 3DS Virtual Console, which I give less than 12 months before that happens, <laughs> the Sonic Advance series, you know, considering the way Sega always supports Virtual Console very early on, th- these seem like very, very likely candidates oh, absolutely. for that service. Yeah, and I'm sure these were, were popular games for the series. I mean, they made three of them, and um, you know, it was the only place to really find kind of classic Sonic at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was it was a throwback when there really weren't. I mean, other than you know maybe some like Sonic Mega Collection or something. That I mean, this was 2D Sonic, and, and Sonic, you know, the main Sonic games have, have migrated back towards you know 2D and to some extent, you know, more more to the roots now. But back when you know the GameCube was out, you, you know, Sonic games were 3D except for on the handhelds. So when the next Sonic game is Shadow the Hedgehog, you, you damn well would prefer. Sonic Advance. Oh yeah, that's an easy choice. <laughs> so, I, you know, I think the first Sonic Advance game was ported to the N-Gage. Just fun fact, the, the Sonic for, for the N-Gage is Sonic Advance 1, except it runs at about, like, a, a tenth of the frame rate. That's also really <laughs> funny based on the name alone. Yeah, so I, I think they renamed it, but it's the same game. Oh, okay. I'm sure there are Sonic fans listening to this. Uh, if you have thoughts on, on why 2 is better or worse than the others, do uh, the Hawkback thread's open. You can check it out and, and share your thoughts because I don't really have a strong opinion. I like them all. Yeah, that's a good topic. It's a, it's a series that I, or a sub-series, that I completely missed. And um, I would like the opportunity, you know, I'm not the biggest Sonic fan, but I can be persuaded on certain ones. And uh, it'd, be, it'd be really good to have a chance to go back and uh, check these out that I missed completely. Yeah, I'd say for like if, if they were charging like eight bucks for it, you know, they're probably gonna charge ten for advanced games. But if it were eight bucks, <laughs> then, then I'd say go for it. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's a fair price for the the advanced games. I'd say. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're gonna go on to the next game, which is a listener request from Disco Stew. 
who I presume likes disco music. a little depressing <laughs> i like it but you're right it is kind of a song that makes you feel kind of downtrodden or something yeah and, and the songs are very familiar to me and now i just have to i have to match it up with the correct memory Okay. Well, that has a completely different association, but I also know that 
I'm associating with a game that I know you've used before. That's the problem. Mm. Alrighty. Do you know I the one I, I mean? I, no, I don't. And I, I hope I haven't used this game before. I don't think I have. Yeah. It's possible. Here's your question. And it's a pretty good hint, but it's a long question, so bear with me. The director of this game is also known for being the director of Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, Super Mario Kart, and more recently was the producer of the Wii Fit series. What is his name? Oh my gosh. What a strange resume. <laughs> it is. That's why I, this is why I focused, <laughs> showcased it in this question. He's yeah. definitely uh, had a variety of games to his name. That synthesized voice is really funny, actually. I really like the music in this game. I've, I've never played this game before, but yeah. See, it sounds a lot like Earthbound in the style of it, but hmm. I feel like you must have used Earthbound before. And plus, I don't recognize those specific songs, so I'm, I'm tempted to go with something else, but then I think, what else sounds like Earthbound? It's such a bizarre-sounding game. And the direct the hint question didn't help me at all. It's just confusing. Um, <laughs> I I feel like you've used this too, but it's less likely. So I'm gonna go with Mario Paint. That's a good guess. Th- this is not Mario Paint. This is Pilot Wings for the Super Nintendo. Ah, okay. Which okay. Uh, I guess it was a launch game or a very close to launch game, and it, it sounds really impressive for a launch game. I have to say. I mean, they really played with the audio on this. On this, you know, I mean, I think of Mario World and and F Zero, and they just don't—they don't pop like this one does, or have have this interesting instrumentation. Um, Not that they have bad soundtracks, but I mean, I don't know. There's something about this game that it's just very playful, you know, both the composition and the and the synthesized music, you know, the the samples. It's really varied, which makes sense with Pilot Wings, because that is a kind of a mini game collection. Okay, yeah. You have five or six different modes and different vehicles that you're you're going through. and so it, it makes sense that the, you know, the uh, the soundtrack would be a little spastic. Whereas F Zero, I think, is incredibly accomplished on a on a composition and and a technical level, but the it's much more united under a common theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So, oh wow, I haven't played the original Pilot Wings in a very very long time, but it's a really good game. I think I still think I prefer the N64 version. 
and I haven't played the 3DS one enough to really say, but it seems really good as well. Pilot Wings, though, was like, especially for Nintendo to put out a simulation game like that was really unusual, and they were showing off a lot of Mode 7 and, and other things uh, that really made it stand out from anything else happening in video games at the time. So it, w it was a kind of a cool technical showcase. I never thought it was the greatest game, but I, there were modes in it that I thought were really fun, like the jetpack. I, I just I loved the idea of it. I loved the, uh, the the sort of the subtlety in in feathering the controls, to, you know, because it was so easy to overdo it and abuse it. You really had to have a light touch with the steering and the thrust on the jetpack level. So I, I enjoyed doing that, but especially with the graphics being kind of blocky and you know the frame rate wasn't that good. It just it was it was very difficult to play the game with the precision that they asked you to. Yeah, I think the N64, they were kind of able to fully realize what they were trying to pull off on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think a third song is also in, or at least part of it's also in the N64 game, so hopefully some folks uh, were able to figure it out maybe on that. Um, yeah, so I, I really, I saw someone play Pilot Wings once at their house. I, I didn't get it. It wasn't something for me. Um I didn't even know it was a launch game because it was well after the Super Nintendo had come out at that point. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, is, if if you never played it back in the day, is it worth going back and visiting? Or I mean, if you've played in the N64 game, is there no point? It's a hell of a curiosity, you know. I mean, because because even if you've already played the N64, the 3DS version, the original Pilot Wings looks very very different because of the technology. So it's interesting to see. I think it's a it's an overly ambitious game. They they tried to do something. They tried to create this 3D flying game as a Super Nintendo launch period title. Like it just the technology was not there to do what they wanted to do. But they were trying to create a game that had really like at that point had maybe sort of been done on PC as a flight simulator before on much more powerful hardware. But even then, you know, there wasn't. I mean, you know, you can go back and look at. Uh, at, uh, at X-Wing might have been around the same time. And it's a little more technologically advanced, but it's also, you had to have a really expensive computer run X-Wing at that time in the early 90s. So, you know, I think Pilot Wings was, it was really impressive effort, but I just don't, I, they weren't, it, it, it was too early. It was ahead of its time. It's, it would be, it would be neat to go back and check it out and mess around with it, but I kind of doubt anybody would go back and really get obsessed and try to get good scores and really become immersed in it the way you were supposed to at the time. Yeah. Well, yeah, like I mentioned, the um, the director of this game ha has quite uh, an interesting history with Nintendo. He worked on a lot of kind of the, I don't want to say second tier games, but I guess they were. I mean, the, the games that some people have really fond memories of because they were kind of quirkier. He's credited as graphics design for Ice Climber, whatever that means. I don't know if that's like for the arcade cabinet or if he actually did the graphics. Ice Climber uh, barely has graphics. Yeah, I know, so I, I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> But uh, he was director of Zelda 2, as the question mentioned. That's um, awesome. He uh, was assistant director of Super Mario Bros. 2, which was, uh, you know, Doki Doki Panic. Um, Pilot Wings, director. Super Mario Kart, director. F-Zero X, director. So that's, uh, that's a big title to his name as well. Yeah. As well as the expansion kit, which very few people know. Um <laughs> Although that was talked about on the Famicast recently, wasn't it? It was because Danny Bivens picked up a 64 DD. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, and then he kind of moved on to being more of a supervisory role. Kind of, you know, 
the uh, GameCube era came in, you know, and Miyamoto started coaching people and, and other, you know, top tier guys started doing more of the coaching effort. He, he moved on and he supervised Mario Kart Super Circuit. He was design director for Luigi's Mansion, whatever the heck that means. He, uh, he was a supervisor for The Wind Waker, producer for Double Dash, and producer for Wii Fit and Wii Fit Plus. I wonder if he had some influence over the uh, the sword fighting element of Wind Waker because it was, you know, I remember at the time everybody was, it's easy to forget about it now, but you go back and play Wind Waker, the, the sword fighting is fairly complex in that title. It is. Um, for, you know, considering it was played on a normal controller, it was a lot more complicated than anything in on the N64 games, for instance. So, um, and, and that, you know, at the time, I, it did kind of make me go back and think about Zelda 2, about mm. when this game was really about very technical difficult sword play with the enemies and uh you know wind waker wasn't quite that but they were they were sort of going for that and then once you know they finally sort of caught up to it with skyward sword but um yeah. i wonder if he is the part of the reason for that link oh link sorry pun well i don't think i mentioned his name do you know the name given all those hints uh, no <laughs> yeah i don't think so he is uh, tadashi sugiyama sugiyama yeah, I, I do believe there was a, a a lot of asks with him uh, for either Wii Fit or Wii Fit Plus. So, okay. So you might want to go check that out if, if you're interested in hearing more of what that guy has to say. So then presumably he might be working on the new Wii Fit for Wii U. Probably is. I don't know. You know, Nintendo, I'm not, it's not clear to me what producers do versus directors. It's kind of a soft role. Yeah. You know, given that he doesn't have a crap load of... Uh, you know, games on his, his list, at least on the Wikipedia. My guess is he's fairly intimately involved with that series. Okay. Hmm. Thank you, Disco Stew, for that request. And we're going to go on to the next request, which was by our good friend Golden Link, also known as, also known as his real name, Ethan from North Dakota, also known as Golden Link.
Very jazzy. Nice to hear in video game music. Absolutely. That's why I chose that song. Yeah, you don't hear that often enough. Yes, that is the same game. I, I can't believe that is the same game. It, it is the same game. That is so weird. Well, Man. here's your question. I need it. In which mode do you play as a sarcastic man whose profession mainly consists of interviewing his customers?
I think I actually know this one. Really? I mean, the music's all over the map on this game. It is. And I'll, there were two, the, the question aside, there were two hints that, that helped me a lot. Um, that's that first off, I thought, um, wow, this sounds really serious. This, like the music has a kind of self-seriousness about it <laughs> with the string sections and everything. And I thought, yeah. I wonder if the game reflects that. And it does, <laughs> even though maybe it shouldn't. And uh, and then there were some there were some riffs in the third song that reminded me a lot of the main theme of the entire series. Uh-huh. And that main series would be well, the, the series is Trauma Center, but this game is Trauma Team. You are correct, sir. Congratulations. That's one of the best games on Wii, and a game that can really only be done on Wii. It's uh, it's it's an amazing experience. It's it's a very very underplayed, rarely played game, really overlooked. Uh, but it's boy, it's a it's the, the scope of it and the ambition and also just the execution is so impressive. And from a series that had very humble beginnings on the DS, as you know, this kind of bizarre Japanese surgery game that we never even thought would come to America. And when you see how far they've come in Trauma Team, it's it's really striking. I played the I owned and played the uh, the first Wii game, which was uh, what was that? Second Opinion. Second Opinion. You know, people had played it up, and I bought it. I played it, and I gave up on it. I I didn't really like it that much. It's Second Opinion is very difficult as well. It's a remake of the DS game, and. The Wii controls, although they're quite good, they're also a little bit raw. It was a really early game, like Christmas 2006, mm-hmm. and I think they've they refined it a lot. And the you know the way the game was presented on on Wii was really not very impressive considering what they had the capability to do. Mm-hmm. And when they did the sequel to it, New Blood, which is a completely new game for Wii. That's when they started putting in voice acting and, and more animation and really took the whole production up a notch. And they made, I think the controls are better and they just, you know, new mechanics. They really had freshened everything up so much. And then Trauma Team is that times five. Now, uh, I mean, there are various modes for different doctors you play as in Trauma yes. Team. Your and... question was very tricky, by the way, because you used the word customer <laughs> and that threw me off. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I didn't want to say patient, you know? but it, but then once I once the musical cues kicked in and started to started to unravel the mystery of what this game is, I, I looked back at your question. I said, "Oh, now I get it. It's the diagnostician, right?" Um, but they're not really customers; they're patients. But of course, if you said patient, it would give the whole thing away. Exactly. So yeah. I mean, I was like, clients, well done, customer. I'm not sure what the right word is, but it's good <laughs> enough. I mean, basically, that's like the Doctor House character, right? Yeah, yeah, he's a total jerk. I mean, he wants to help these people, but uh, he's he's very uh, antisocial. And some of the people, some of the patients he gets are very antisocial. They throw it right back at him. And ultimately, he's actually a really likable character. It's not my favorite mode in the game, but it is a nice change of pace compared to some of the other stuff. Would you say that that mode is a bit like something you'd find in Ace Attorney, or, or is that more of the forensics person who's, who's more Ace Attorney-ish? You know the the two modes are are similar in some ways, but the um, the forensics mode, which is the best part of the game, and is unlike anything you've ever seen before in Trauma Center, and really Ace Attorney is really the only thing you could even compare it to, and it's not even quite that doesn't even quite capture it. Um, but the forensics mode is more like Ace Attorney, more like Phoenix Wright, 
or Miles Edgeworth uh, or Harvey Birdman, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> Harvey Birdman. <laughs> yeah, the, the diagnostician is is more about um, you spend you do interview people, and that's that's an important piece of it. But you also spend a lot of time looking at their charts. So you're comparing numbers. It doesn't sound like much fun. It's it's a little, I mean, in the context of the story and the patients you're working with, it's a little more interesting than it sounds from describing it. But you're, you're looking at their numbers and then comparing those to the standard ranges and looking for anything that might be out of the ordinary. You also spend a lot of time looking at x-rays and MRIs and trying to find abnormalities in the in the photos. And they give you they give you guides like this is what a normal person should look like. Now look at their image and see if theirs looks normal or if you see anything out of the ordinary. So there's some kind of spot the difference gameplay in there as well, which normally I would think is really lame, but this is like this is some version of what doctors actually do. Yeah. So it makes sense in the context of the game to be doing spot the differences. So I, I think it's totally justified. And and again, it's it's really only a small piece of the game. And so they don't overdo it. They don't do, they don't overdo anything in Trauma Team. That's what's so wonderful. It's so balanced and it's so varied. And you can take everything at your own pace. You can choose which mode you want to do at any given time. It's a, it's a magical experience. Hmm. Well, a ringing endorsement from Dr. Jonathan Metz. Oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> Take it from a doctor. Trauma team is awesome. <laughs> oh, that is box quilt material there. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we can only hope that, uh, you know, they continue the series. I, I, that was the most recent entry in the series, right? Yeah, it sold really poorly. But, uh, it, it, I mean, it was Atlas, you know, the marketing potential for that kind of game. It was a very late Wii game, so that's pretty tough sell as well. You know, I hope at least that the Atlas Faithful bought it. Because, and what I what I worry about is they might have been a little oversaturated on Trauma Team. I think it was the fifth or the sixth game in the series, and it's not immediately apparent from the title or from a cursory glance at it that it's much different. But it it is actually much 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 different than any other game in the series, and I would say much better. Even though I like the series before that, Trauma Team just takes it to a completely new level, and and again, it's a Wii exclusive, so that's that's a tough sell, you know. But I I, I really do hope that it comes back in some form one day. I just I th- this when you play Trauma Team, it seems like a game that's fairly expensive to make. There's a ton of voice acting. There's a ton of different actors. They do a really nice job. There's a lot of animation and writing, and the there were, you know, there were four or five different gameplay designers on the game because the gameplay is so varied. So it just, it just feels like a really big, complicated project, and and I wonder if they'll ever do it again. We got one last game here, and um, I'm not going to tell you who requested this, so that might be a hint. <laughs> okay.
it makes me think of a lot of things. Um, a lot of sort of RPGs with uh, quasi-military themes, especially with the big, uh, you know, the big drums and the um, the sort of urgency of the string section. I think you're overanalyzing this one, Johnny. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't be the first time. That one was even almost a little creepy, or at least foreboding. Well, maybe they did a decent job with the soundtrack then. Oh, really? All right. Here's your question. What is this game's musical association with the television series The Simpsons? <laughs>
Okay, so it. I'm pretty sure this is Batman Forever for the Super NES. You're so close. It's a Batman <laughs> Returns for the Super Nintendo. Oh, man. Yes, yes, based on the Tim Burton movie. I've forgotten there was a Bat... There was... Wow. So there okay. were two movies uh, directed by uh, Burton. Yeah, so Batman Returns was the second, and, and Joel Schumacher did Forever. Right. Um, I guess this, was, this would have been a pretty early Super Nintendo game then. 90, 93, 92, 93. Yeah, that, that's about right. It, it came Fairly out. early. I yeah, don't know any, I guess I don't really know anything about this. I've played Batman Forever, which is horrible. But <laughs> Batman know, Returns, I don't know anything about it. I know very little. It, it's it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up. I, I think it, I mean, superficially at least, it looks a lot like something like Streets of Rage or, or Final Fight. Really big characters that take up a lot of the screen and in the early 90s, this was a pretty standard template for a licensed game, was to make it a beat-em-up. Yeah, I think it was relatively well-received, so I think, I mean, clearly it put some effort into the sa- the soundtrack. It is basically taken from the movie, and it's a pretty decent recreation of that music, given, you know, the limitations of the Super Nintendo. Sure. Yeah, the third song is, I mean, very recognizable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, the obviously, the... the the Batman theme that was featured in, I guess, both of the Tim Burton Batman movies as well as the, the cartoon show that uh, I grew up watching, um, that was written by Danny Elfman, and he also did the Simpsons main theme. Oh, yeah. I didn't know he was involved with The Simpsons, actually, but I'm not I'm not a very big fan of The Simpsons, so there's a lot of things I don't know about it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think this is a pretty generic game. Maybe it was decently put together, but there's nothing remarkable about it beyond yeah. that it's a Batman game, and you know Batman's in it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I chose it because uh, it was one of those games uh, Pedro had requested a long time ago, and I figured now would be a, a good time to feature it, given uh, it, it's somewhat topical. Sure, yeah, it's a big year for Batman. Thought we'd close with uh, something of relevance. I want to thank you, Johnny, for co-hosting here. Oh, you're very welcome. It's always a pleasure, sir. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Don't know when the next episode's going to be out. So if you want more podcast goodness, check out uh, Radio Free Nintendo. They're coming up on number 300, or possibly just had 300, depending on when I finished uh, editing this. Uh, (laughs) So uh, check that out. I know that you have a lot of plans, right? Yes, well, you know about some of them. You've right. been involved a little bit. It's uh, it's going to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. A lot of work is going into episode 300, maybe more than normal. <laughs> and, of course, uh, you can check out Connectivity, check out the website. If you still haven't heard by uh, Johnny and my podcast from a couple months ago uh, on uh, Hip Tanaka, I know I mentioned it last time, but if you still haven't managed to check out Discover Music Project, please do so. It's about music. Yeah, that is a that's a really cool episode. It's very very easy to to go back and revisit it. The music is so familiar and so interesting. So uh, goodbye, everyone. See you when I see you. All right, peace out.
BVVVVV is copyright 2011-2012 Terry Kavanaugh. Sonic Advance 2 is copyright 2003 Sonic Team Sega. Pilot Wings is copyright 1990-1992 Nintendo. Trauma Team is copyright 2009 Atlas. Batman Returns is copyright 1993 Konami. Alright. Well, we're going to go on to the next game, which is a listener request from Disco Stew, who I presume likes disco music. Or Stew. You don't care, Johnny. You, you, you don't watch The Simpsons. Thank you, Disco Stew, for that request. And we're going to go on to the next request, which was by our good friend Golden Link, also known as, also known as his real name, Ethan from North Dakota, also known as Golden Link. Ethan, we need a street pass. Oh, is that like the only state you have left? <laughs> it was before I lost my 3DS, yeah. <laughs> this is so weird. 